Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Uh, Courtney Canfield and Emily Gulliford recently returned from Albania, where they were doing missionary work with uh, Global Ventures. Is that right? And uh, I knew I wanted them to share a little bit when they got back. And uh, after a brief conversation, because they are in my small group on Wednesday nights, it quickly became clear to me that they had more than a little bit to share. Now, we hear from missionaries that we support, uh, and most recently, Neil and Danette Childs were here. And it's always exciting, always uh, enriching. It's challenging to hear from people who have been doing this for years, who live there, who are called to do this full time. But I think you'll be challenged also and encouraged to hear about what God can do and is doing through short-term missions like this one. I'm going to tell a really quick story without going into any detail because if I, the more detail I go into, the madder I get. This was a, actually a post on social media three years ago, I think, from a, uh, a young lady uh, recently married to a young man who had, and they both grew up in church. Uh, grew up serving in church. This was They weren't just some, you know, tangentially connected with the church through their parents. They served. They were super involved. And this was a church that, that really did a lot. And uh, somewhere along the line, some things happened. Not all of it their fault, but they got a little bitter. And uh, this wasn't her post. This was something she shared from somebody who called them so-and-so, the world's worst missionary. This was, this was her own uh, handle. And she, and she went off on short-term mission trips because uh, when we go on these short-term mission trips, we end up treating people, uh, poorer people, darker people, as if they were zoo animals. And we come home with our pictures and talk about how touched we were, how blessed we were, how God changed us. And, uh, and we post the pictures and we smile and then, but because we've treated them like zoo animals there, then when they want to come to our country, we don't, we don't raise a fuss about putting them in cages. And the whole thing turned into a political post about what was going on on the border uh, three years ago, okay? And, uh, but it was also a profane post. The language was very, very salty, and this was coming from a so-called, you know, a, a self-proclaimed Christian, but just basically saying, Stop playing these games with your blankety-blank mission trips, uh, blah, blah, blah. And so, and this girl shared this and said, this post is everything. (laughs) And then so many people who I've known, many of these commenters saying, yes, oh, yes, this is my heart too. And so I had to be the dissenter. Usually I don't play that game, but number one, this is three years ago. I was still weaning myself off of these these arguments, Uh, but I went off. Uh, because everybody was saying, this is the best, this is the best. And I just got on and said, this is the worst. This is the worst thing I've ever read. Because this bitter pill of a missionary is painting all these short-term missionaries with a broad brush, trying to read their hearts, and uh, trying to equate that with what's going on at the border because you happen to hate our current president. You're, you're conflating two issues that have nothing to do with each other. Mm. You're not offering any solutions to this problem. And all you're doing is uh, casting aspersions 
on the heart and the intent of many, many young people who are dipping their foot into the pool of going into all the world. Now, I agree. does everybody who goes on a mission trip go with 100% pure motive? Does everybody who go, do, do they get called to do it full time? Does everybody achieve everything that God is calling them to achieve? No. But guess what? There's still something noble and laudable about somebody who takes their precious vacation time and does that instead of going to Panama City Beach or anywhere else, Myrtle Beach. And there's nothing wrong with going on vacation. But if you decide to take the two weeks you have and go serve on the mission field, God bless you. And I've known many people over the years who God used just such a trip to launch them into a career in ministry, even on the mission field. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, number one, I want you to be challenged today to hear if God is speaking to you. Is this something maybe you can look into doing? And to also hear from the heart of people, this wasn't their first rodeo. They know they've traveled with this group before. It's the first time they've been to Albania. It's the first time this group has been to Albania, I believe. You guys can be making your way up here. Welcome back to the United States. Courtney and Emily. And let God speak to you through what they what they share today. Are you guys all mic'd up okay? I don't know how this one Hey, Uncle Scott, do I need to turn this on? No, you're fine. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh. Thanks. Check one he told me to that it would sound weird at first. So <laughs> Is it close enough to my mouth? Okay. No? Yes? Okay. Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for welcoming us back. We're excited to be back, um, but we're sad to leave. And um, so I thought I would just start out with giving you a few stats about Albania to start with. Um, like he said, this was Global Ventures' first time going to Albania and also ours, first time in Europe. And so we weren't really sure what to expect because we've been in Asia and we've been to Mexico, but this was different. And um, it was kind of what I expected in a lot of ways. It was very similar to um, our culture in the fact that we kind of come from a European background, the America as a whole does. And so there were similarities, but definitely differences. But um, Albania, used to be um, somewhat associated with the Soviet Union. I thought they were part of the Soviet Union, and then I said it to a, a translator, and she was like, we were never part of the Soviet Union. I was like, oh, <laughs> didn't mean to offend. Um, but they were, they were connected in a way, and they were definitely oppressed for years and years and generations. Um, so they haven't been uh, independent for a very long time. Um, but they were, in I think the 60s, declared an atheist state. And it was the first country to actually be declared that. Um, so the, the pastor that we worked with closely told us at the beginning of the week that there are only 10 to 15,000 evangelical Christians in the entire nation. Um, and only 1% to 2% of people in the nation have heard the gospel and um, have been exposed to it. So it was definitely a very ripe harvest. And... Um, and we witnessed that 
through the week, and prayers were answered regarding finding people that were very ripe for the harvest because they just respond. Not everybody by a long shot, but there were people that were instantly ready for the harvest. So, um, so we have some pictures to show today. And um, first we wanted to kind of just answer the question because we were a little unsure ourselves um, what all we were going to be doing on this trip. So um, we'll kind of just walk you real quickly through the the logistics of a Global Ventures trip and kind of what it looks like. Um, after um, a thousand hours of travel, we <laughs> arrived. <laughs> we had a four-hour bus ride to the top of a mountain <laughs> once we actually landed in the capital of Albania. So it was a long day of travel and um, left very little room for a jet lag to be a problem because we fell right asleep when uh -huh. it was bedtime. <laughs> so, um, the first day that we're there, we spend training with the entire team. There was about 50 of us. Um, and so we were at a hotel and we would be in the conference room and then we would split up into our um, teams for the week. There's about eight to 10 people on a team. We were on separate teams, which was also a first for us yep. on a trip. So um, we um, had different stories and experiences, which was also really cool. Mm -hmm. but. Um, right off the bat, we heard from the pastor, Pastor Fatmir, that we worked with, um, and he shared with us a little bit of the history of Albania, and then we got down to the uh, nitty-gritty of working on our dramas and working on um, the gospel presentation that we would be doing. Um, and then uh, we would go to uh, our first day of ministry. We ended up going to parks and... Um, just like random random streets, <laughs> basically. Um, we went into different areas where we would bring um, a sound box with us and we'd have some music going to kind of draw attention to what was going on. And then once we would gather people, we would present the gospel. Um, a lot of it was kid-focused um, in a sense, but the gospel wasn't watered down for kids. And whenever we would have a group of kids that would be gathered, we would make sure that we would address the adults and that they would know this is not just something um, for the kids. This is also, this is for everybody. So um, we would share the gospel in a, a very simple form, but it starts with creation and works all the way to uh, our belief that Jesus heals today. So in that short presentation, we would not only share who God was, but who Jesus was, and then the fact, that give them the opportunity to pray the prayer of salvation, and then also to be uh, prayed for for healing, and we witnessed several on-the-spot uh, miracles during that time as well. Um, we would also, we had a children's and an adult's crusade towards the end of our week there, and we had tickets, um, promotional tickets that we would hand out. Um, the way that they draw people in is they offer, like, top-notch prizes, smart TVs, PlayStation 5s, like, very nice things, and then there's a whole presentation, like an extended presentation of the gospel during that. So they um, give the prizes away at the end, so they keep their attention that whole time. And um, that's not sketchy. No. It's okay <laughs> to pull people in. When it gets sketchy is when the gospel is 
not there. Mm-hmm. When it's just like, oh, here, we're fun and we do fun things because we're Christians, that's not good enough. No. When we pull people in, though, um, and this is why it's important, I think, that our church offers things like small groups and picnics and things like this because you want to pull people in because to the world, a Sunday morning is probably not going to be super appealing to them or super comfortable for them. When we can pull people in to things that have some appeal to them and then present the gospel to them in a non-watered-down format, that's where the power is. Yeah. So um, I, we love that Global Ventures does that. Um, so we would promote the uh, crusades by passing out tickets to people, and then this led to a lot of one-on-one evangelism, um, which was very powerful um, and very exciting to be a part of. Um, and then we had a uh, crusade at the end of the week, one that was designated for children, and then one that was designated for the adults. And let me just point out that that is Emily in a strawberry costume right there. And she got to be strawberry for the Children's Festival and did a top-notch job. (laughs) She was in her element, let me just tell you. She was. She really was. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Also not pictured, Courtney was running the teleprompter for the crusade, and half of that was in Albanian, so... (laughs) Lots of respect. (laughs) Um, So, yes, we had the crusade at the end of the week. And then the other thing that we did during our ministry time was food distribution in churches. And we brought water filters Mm -hmm. to a village and a local church. And um, with the water filters, which we've done before in Cambodia, we not only give them to the people, we uh, explain this is how these work. They can last you up to 10 years if you take care of them and let them be able to, um, you know, be a part of that and then have that blessing for the years to come. So, And when we a- presented that, we also presented the entire gospel yes. before handing out the water filters again so that everybody could hear. And we're not just giving them water for now. We're giving them the living water for eternity. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Is that it on that one? Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. So (laughs) we worked very closely with a pastor's family throughout the week. We worked with two separate pastor's families, but this one was with us the entire week. Pastor uh, Fatmir and Silva and their entire, well, almost their entire family. They have a 21-year-old, two twin boys, a six-year-old girl, and they also have a three-year-old that was not pictured. (laughs) And so uh, they were an incredible blessing to us. I, I have not been a part of a global ventures trip to this point where we worked with a pastor's family the entire week. We met pastor's families in different trips and we worked with them um, on site or at their church, but this, this family was invested from day one. And they have such a heart for Albania. It's incredible. They're actually connected to Rama, Albania. And so that was really neat as well. Global Ventures is also connected to Rama. Um, and I worked personally with uh, Silva, the wife, the oldest son and the twin boys, they were on my team, and I can speak to their hearts and their passion for not only Albania, but just the gospel. They just had hearts of gold. I was so impressed with the fact that the boys were willing to spend their entire week of their summer vacation to come out and sweat with the rest of us and join into the dramas and be used as translators at such young ages. It was, it was just, it ministered to me. Um, they have a church in the capital city of Tirana, and they also have a church plant. And the church plant is where we did our um, 
uh, water filter distribution. And it was just an open area. I don't think they have a building there because I asked the boys um, if they go to the church plant every week too or if they only go to their church in Tirana. And they said, no, we only go to the church in Tirana because our parents don't want us to be exposed to the sun that long in the heat um, at the church plant. So I'm guessing they don't have a building. And at their church in Tirana, it was um, affected by the earthquake uh, several years ago. And so their, their building is damaged and they've been meeting outside as well at that location, and um, they just are incredible people. Um, and then this picture is of the other pastor, Pastor Elir and his wife, Olsa, and they also are connected to Rama. And we had the pleasure of going to a site where they're just getting ready to plant a church in a gypsy community, and they had been praying and fasting for money for this church, and they talked about their daughters, their young daughters, praying and fasting too, and when Global Ventures told them they were going to fund it, they were just absolutely overjoyed, and they just continually talked about how that was such an expression of the faithfulness of God to them in their lives. And so that was so exciting to get to be a part of and, and to see that all come together right there at the church plant. They were just starting construction. We got to go and pray and bless that area. And um, again, to see the passion of these people's hearts for their local communities is just, it's just always extremely moving. Um, and now to kind of shift into the testimony section of the healings and the salvations that we saw, this one actually is Pastor Silva, her story. Um, one night when I was on her, we were out working one-on-one -on -one ministry with her. Um, she was our translator with my group. Um, she told me the story of her own personal healing. She was born with sickle cell anemia and was told she wouldn't live past the age of 20. She was in a wheelchair until that time. And she got saved from a pamphlet that, um, a, I guess, a missionary group um, had just passed out pamphlets at her school. They did a backpack outreach. And she said, I so believe in what we're doing this week because I got saved from one of these things. And she said, I got saved at 9. I went home, told my sister she got saved. And then she got a hold of the Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin at the age of 20. And she said, they told me I would die at 20, and I got healed at 20. And she said, I, she said, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. I just had to, I, I just worked my faith. And little by little, she healed. She's out of, you would never know it today. She's out of a wheelchair. They told her she'd never have kids. She has five kids. And she met her husband at a conference. Uh, he was speaking. She was leading worship. And here they are today, uh, pastoring two churches in Albania and spreading the gospel. And her, her testimony was so powerful. And she shared it with some somebody that we were doing one-on-one -on -one, um, ministry with, and um, I was moved, and I was just like, I can't wait to tell that story when I get back. I've told it to, like, everybody I can think of, you know, just like, listen to the story, you know. It's just such a testament to the power of God. So, anyway, that was one of my favorites. Um, one of my favorite stories was a one-on-one -on -one evangelism um, encounter that I had in a local park, and I was working uh, with a translator. Her name was Greta, and true to form, she had quite the heart for the lost. <laughs> and she shared Jesus so openly. Um, we had just finished um, sharing with a, a couple of other people, and we were walking around this park, and we were just praying in the Spirit, and we walked right past this man, and then we both turned to each other, and we were like, we're supposed to go minister to him. <laughs> so we walked back to him, and he was just sitting there. And um, 
the crusade, the title of the crusade um, at the end of the week was called uh, Days of Hope. And they were really putting an emphasis on the need for hope because everybody needs hope. <laughs> and everybody has lived through this pandemic. And then they had, you know, the earthquake before that. And so it really made for an awesome segue into um, the gospel. And I'll just say now that Americans are in desperate need of hope. Mm -hmm. This is a great segue yeah, into is. talking to people here in the U.S., um, because we can identify over um, hopelessness, but we can also um, unify over our hope in Jesus, and we can, we can share that. Um, but anyway, so I just asked um, this man if he had um, dealt with some hopelessness because of the pandemic and because of the earthquake, and he told me yes, and so I asked him um, if he had ever heard of Jesus because uh, we believe that our hope is found in Jesus. And he told me yes, um, but that he was Muslim, um, which a lot of people in Albania, when they say that they're Muslim, it's kind of how Americans say that they're Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of walk to their talk. So um, he told me that he was Muslim and that he knew that there were many ways to God. And I said, you know, that can be very confusing because we do hear that, that there's multiple ways to get to God. But the Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way to God. And I gave him a very condensed version of the gospel. And then I asked him, I said, do you believe what I've shared with you? And he said, well, how can I not? <laughs> and so I asked him if he wanted to pray with me, and he did. And um, after we prayed, I had Greta ask him, I said, ask him how he feels on the inside, like his heart. And um, so she did, and he said that he had so much joy in his heart, that he had never felt that before. And you could see it on his face. Mm -hmm. This is what always blesses me, mm -hmm. is that these encounters are real encounters. They're not just like, thanks for the prayer, but you can actually see it on their face, yeah. and then you hear it, and it's just so rewarding. But we then, um, I asked if there was anything that I could pray for him um, as far as pain or sickness, and he rattled off a whole list of things. <laughs> and so one of the things was that he had um, really bad knee pain in both of his knees, and so I prayed for him, and then when we finished praying, I asked him to check and see if he could tell a difference in his body. So he stood up, he starts bending his knees, and I said, do you have any pain? He goes, no, not at the moment. And I was like, well, you don't have to have any pain at all. This is your healing being manifest, and this is because Jesus loves you, and we always tie it back to that. Um, but it was just a really sweet experience, and these one-on-one -on -one moments are always very um, precious because they're very personal, and it just shows, like, how personal our God is that he sends people miles and miles and miles to go and find one yeah. man sitting in a park because <laughs> he cares that much, yeah. so... Well, I'm going to actually, could we go to number 12? Because my, <laughs> I have a story about a man in a park as well. I just figured I'd go ahead and segue it all together. Um, it's because I just know that Will is incredible up there. <laughs> and so there was a man also in a park, um, <laughs> and he just had a very similar expression, and so I thought I'd go ahead and share this one too. And I noticed him while the gospel was being preached and then the, the healing was taking place, uh, the healing prayer. 
um, he's kind of in the back, you know, and I noticed he had prayed this prayer of salvation, and after the prayer for healing, I see him doing one of these, and he's just like, <laughs> and so we went and talked to him, and sure enough, he had been healed of pain in his knees, and he, I just kept watching him. He, his expression was totally the same, same thing. You know, you can see it in his face, just the joy uh, that he had found, and I just kept watching him do this, like, the rest of the time, and he just happened to be in that city on business, and happened to be in that park, and his life was forever changed, you know, and we shared a Bible with him, and yeah. And, you know, he went on his merry way, and I just am so excited for him. So, yeah. Um, another, uh, we had gone to a church and done a food distribution, um, and then we did some one-on-one evangelism after that in the surrounding neighborhoods. The day before, my team had been in a gypsy community, and we had prayed for several women um, to receive um, salvation but also receive healing. And there was a lady that had received healing, um, like, in her back and in her hip. Um, she had had a lot of pain, and she was um, older. Um, and actually, I think we have a picture of her. But I'd... Yes. Yep, that's it. Okay. So this was um, the next day. We had done a food distribution, and we're doing one-on-one evangelism. And um, one of the translators and I were um, talking to this lady that had um, – a lot of spiritual resistance to the gospel. Like, we got to the point where we were going to pray with her, and there were certain things that she, like, just could not get her mouth to say. Like, Jesus died on the cross. (laughs) She just was like, I can't, and she'd run, and she, I mean, it was just, I mean, very spiritual, very spiritual. Um, But we were just sharing the gospel. We had uh, an Albanian Bible that the translator was reading to her and reading scriptures and explaining things. <laughs> and this lady comes by with her whatever cart, um, and she starts talking. And at first, I was like, oh, my gosh, lady, stop interrupting this. <laughs> Not the time. And she gets out her, she gets out this handful of grass and her knife and she's like making motions and I'm like is she trying to sell us stuff right now like I was so frustrated but then this whole thing goes on this whole conversation goes on in Albanian between the translator and this lady that's resisting it and then this lady with the grass and (laughs) I'm just standing there and the translator at one point is just like just pray in the spirit I'm like okay (laughs) so I'm just praying in the spirit standing there and um then at the end, um, the lady that was being resistant received the gospel, or received salvation, which was amazing. And then the translator told me that lady was in the gypsy community yesterday, and she was healed in her hip and in her back. And she stopped and said, "Don't fight this. I was just healed yesterday. I wasn't able to cut this grass the day before. And look at how much I've done today. This is Jesus. He's real." <laughs> so then I repented for my attitude. <laughs> but it was amazing, and it reminded me there is no testimony more powerful than our own. So when God has done something for you personally, tell somebody about it. It is great to tell people about things that have happened to other people. But when you tell people, no, this is what Jesus has done for me. Look at this grass that I cut. (laughs) That is where the power is. So I encourage you to remember that your testimony holds power. Yes. Yes, it does. And I I was thinking about that um, this morning as I was getting ready and just thinking about the fact that I think that we as Americans are 
we're, we're just in a comfortable place mm-hmm. in our lives, mm-hmm. and it's easy to miss all the different ways that God is moving in us and in our lives and easy to focus on whatever's negative in the moment. And then we're, we're not only missing his blessing, but we're missing the opportunity to share that to somebody else, like she said. And our testimony is so powerful. Um, and so you, are you going to share about the wheelchair? Okay. Uh, we don't have, we did have a picture. Oh, yay. Would you look at that? <laughs> we have a picture. We have a picture for this. Okay. <laughs> this um, was really exciting. It was at our last location um, where we did the water filter distribution and we had a time of prayer for healing. And there was a lady that had been in a wheelchair for uh, a year mm-hmm. and she hadn't been able to walk that whole time. And we prayed for her and she was immediately healed immediately got out of that wheelchair and walked (laughs) um, and uh, didn't use that wheelchair again. Anyway, so the God of uh, Albania is the God of St. Joseph, Illinois. Mm -hmm. He's coming for you. I'm so excited. I was really excited to have the testimony of Pastor Silva as well as this testimony because um, there is zero shame and zero condemnation and a healing that manifests yep. bit by bit by bit by bit. But we're also not opposed to a suddenly. <laughs> so right. we, will, we will receive that and uh, hook our faith up and renew our faith for ourselves, but also for our brothers and sisters that are fighting battles as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just two more quick ones from me. Our, our bus driver got saved, which was super great because, you know, we just have these we have locals that are driving us all week, and uh, he got saved kind of midweek, and then at the end of the week, it was our last night, and I heard him, I heard my um, team leader saying, oh, our, our, our bus driver wants more Bibles, because he said he went home, and he told his family, and he wants Bibles for them, and he said he's going to read the whole Bible, and I was like, yes, okay, and uh, one last one, it, this is just, it's just short, but it ministered to me, because um, there was a lady in, um, it was just, a, I guess we were just kind of on a city corner and did a presentation, and afterwards, a lady and her, and her mom um, and then the lady's daughter, too, were there, and we just went over and talked to them. That's when Pastor Silva shared her story and testimony um, about being healed because this lady was asking for a prayer because she was going through, she had just gone through, I guess, a divorce, and um, they were like, this is just like scarlet letter in this region of the, of that specific region of Albania. She was like, this city it's just, you just don't do that here. And she said, and she just felt, yes, this, I forgot there was a picture of her. Um, she just felt hopeless, is what she said. She just felt like she just didn't have, it, well, like, what's left for me, you know? And um, there was just something very moving about praying for her. And I thought about the fact that, again, going back to what Emily was saying, hope is universal. We all need it. We all want it. And that's why Jesus came. And that's what I shared with her. And um, Pastor Silva was able to get her number and hook her up with the church. And those kinds of things. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to pray that her and her mom and her daughter um, get hooked up and find the hope in Jesus. Because that's what every single person needs. That's, that's what we're all needing at the core of us. So, again, it was just a reminder that we're all human and we're all human everywhere. You know, and there's no escaping our humanity and our need for Jesus. Um, my my kind of final takeaway from the trip and one of the things that I love most is that Global Ventures um, at the beginning of the week does something that they call cutting a covenant and then at the end of the week we have a um, 
kind of like a church service together with our whole team. And um, we had uh, Pastor Fatmir and um, Pastor Silva and their family there for that as well. And it was really sweet um, because we worshiped together and then just kind of recap the week together. And um, it's a time of thanksgiving and praise. Um, and it's just really beautiful. Um, and I was sharing uh, with my mom that there's something that's so precious and sweet about Christians coming together, and then there's something really sweet about um, word of faith Christians coming together, and then there's something just extra special about full gospel, word of faith people that are called to overseas worshiping together and and uniting over that time together. It's really sweet um, and just always a, a beautiful time, but at the beginning of the week, we cut covenant, which means that we uh, cut ties with all um, spiritual opposition <laughs> that we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for. It. And one of the biggest ways that we do that is not only through prayer, but also through um, the commitment to be unified and to not talk about each other, to not talk against each other, to not undo things in the week with our words. Um, there is great power in that, and the enemy very much knows that. And this is something that easily applies to the church. Um, and it's something that I felt really stirred about um, as we were there to remind Living Word Family Church about as well. Um, I had a friend ask me earlier this week, um, they were asked, uh, what would Apostle Paul address your church about? I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and, and maybe that's just a good question for everybody to kind of mull around in their minds and, and think about because it can be a really good question to ask because it can pull out some things that maybe we need to work on this. And um, for me, though, as I was listening um, and thinking about this, I thought about my need to work on being unified with this body and and realizing that, you know, in scripture where Jesus said that if they're not against us, they're for us. Like, we need to remember that we are not against each other. We are working together, and it takes everybody working together, and it takes your testimony, and it takes my testimony. It takes all of us together to function properly and to do the work that God has called us to do. And with that, I wanted to just read Mark chapter 16. Guess where I'm going. Uh, Verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. This is, as we uh, refer to it, the Great Commission. And just a little insider info. This is not directed at missionaries going overseas. (laughs) It applies to missionaries that go overseas, but it applies to every single person who claims Jesus as Lord. This is our mission. This is not a mission for some of us. It is our mission. And the 
the commission is to preach the gospel to every creature. This is another thing to remember. It does not mean that we are responsible for them uh, receiving the gospel and for it taking root. That's what we want. That's the goal. But we can't control that. (laughs) We cannot control that. That is between that person and the Holy Spirit. So our goal and our mission is to share and to plant. And I think a lot of times we look for opportunities and we look for just the right opening in the door and just the right time and just enough of a relationship. I don't see that in the Great Commission where it says go and preach the gospel to everyone that you think is probably ready to hear it, but don't cram it down their throats because you don't want to offend them, you don't want to scare them off, and, and maybe hold off on the tongues and probably don't lay hands on the sick because it might weird them out. That is not the Great Commission. It's very simple, and we complicate the gospel, and it's not hard. It's not hard, and it is so rewarding. And every single time that I go overseas and I come back, I look at the people that are surrounding me, and I'm like, oh, my word, they are just as lost. They are just as lost. They are just as hopeless. They are just as desperate, and they are just as ripe. They are just as ripe. So my encouragement for you If you have been someone that has shared the gospel before and you've kind of reined it in, let it loose. (laughs) Get it out there. We are in, uh, we're in harvest season, but let's get those last minute plants in. Allow the Holy Spirit to water that ground and to bring it to uh, fullness so that we can uh, bring in that harvest and crowd heaven. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I really don't have a lot to add to that at all. Um, I just wanted to share that I was reading in Acts 17 yesterday in a study I just started at home, and um, it was talking about when Paul went to address um, the um, men of Athens in um, in the big, well, I don't know how to say it, Areopagus or whatever, um, <laughs> where he saw the altar to the unknown God. And I just have one last picture, um, and this is of this was right by our hotel in the first city we stayed at. And I honestly don't know. I didn't ask a translator. I am assuming this has Roman Catholic roots, maybe Greek Orthodox. I don't know. There's a lot of that there. Um, but you know, there was like incense being burned, and um, I thought, you know, there's a lot of people that are probably going to this very altar, have no idea what they're doing. They're just like, well, I've been told I should burn some incense here, or I should do this, or whatever. Maybe it'll bring me good luck, or it'll bring me peace or whatever and it just I immediately thought of that as I was reading this passage yesterday I'm not going to read the whole thing but what got me is the people in Athens were very they just like to discuss things and they like to talk and you know just talk about the different ideas and whatever so they were open to hearing what Paul had to say but um, some of them didn't uh, didn't believe some of them walked away so I'm going to the to the very end where um, he he lays out the gospel but it's very quick and it's not even like, oh, Jesus died for you. And he just, he talked about, look, I know who that God is. And here's what he did. And here's the fact that he created you. And um, you, you have a reason to be living and moving and having your being because he's the one that did that. And then he wraps it all up and says that there's a day that, um, that's appointed for him to judge. And you're not ignorant of God anymore. You, ha- you know the truth. And then he says... Um, he raised him up from the dead, and that says, in verse 32 of chapter 17, it says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. 
So Paul departed from among them in the last verse of that chapter. However, some men joined him and believed. And then it goes on to say some, some of the people that did. And I just thought, well, that's all it took. He, he told them who this God was that they didn't even know who they were worshiping or what it was. They, he told them, he laid it out, some walked away, some said maybe, and some believed. And that's the end. And it just, it just wraps right into what Emily said. Some will believe. And that's, that's what we have to focus on, you know. The, the, some are going to grab onto it. And that's, that's what we've been called to do. Let's tell them. Yeah, and just um, thank you, everyone yes, thank that you. prayed for us and that uh, gave towards this. Uh, I don't think that it's cute to say, oh, you were a part of our trip. I genuinely believe you were a part of the souls yep. that were saved in Albania this week. Um, and we were able to reach over 20,000 people yeah. through the crusades, which were um, live streamed this year. And we saw uh, in person uh, 82 miraculous healings on the spot so yeah yep. that's not even saying what happened that we don't yeah, know of don't but that know. heaven does yep. so yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, give them another hand as they, uh, as they go sit down. That was a blessing and a half. Thanks for agreeing to do that. Thank you for the details. Thank, for, thank you for your hearts. Uh, so many good things. Uh, so, many, so many different directions you could, you could shoot off from, from just the little bit that they shared. A uh, couple things real quick. And they were talking about uh, Silva, Pastor Silva walking out her healing when she got uh, hold of the believer's authority. Uh, I wanted to let you know that, uh, that Jenny's been keeping me updated, uh, seen some, some breakthroughs, haven't we? She's standing more regularly, standing more independently, standing stronger. She's walking out the healing that we've been speaking over her. And I believe, I believe he's saying, I agree, man. I'm all for an instant miracle. I'm all for walking it out, but I think I, what I like to see is that combination. Oh, here's a step, here's a step, and then kapow. It's kind of like, you know, a rocket launch. takes a long time to get up to speed, but once it hits a certain speed, then it just accelerates faster and faster and faster. So we're just going to continue to see good things like that happen in here. And you hit on one of my favorite topics. On my very first mission trip to Mexico, uh, somebody was sharing in one of our recap meetings at the end of the day, Oh, I was talking to some people out there, but I've only memorized this, these number of phrases, and there was so much more I wanted to say because I love these people, but the language barrier. And Bill Burton, as our leader, says, I understand, and that's great. You know where you can go where you don't have that language barrier? <laughs> to your neighbors, to the campus, to anywhere back in America. But we, we tend to walk around without having that, that specific passion and that desire, and I get it. You know, when you go somewhere for a week, for two weeks, for the specific reason of sharing the gospel, uh, versus here, sometimes the, the hurting people, the people without hope that we're encountering, we're encountering them as we're on our way to do something. We're busy, busy, busy. But do look for those opportunities when you have a couple minutes. Or maybe when you've got some free time, walk around praying that the next person you meet is going to be receptive to the gospel. But I agree, don't shy away from it. Don't be afraid to share it. It's exactly what they need to hear. It's exactly what we've been commanded to do, all of us, not just those who've been called to the mission field. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, 
I want to leave a, an, an invitation open to you, but we're not going to do another altar call. If you heard something that inspired you, that moved you toward Christ, and you said, Scott, I heard you say something at the beginning of the service. I heard something they said. Something just clicked. Don't leave without praying that prayer, without getting your questions answered. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but the other thing I, we, we want to do is uh, receive today's offering. This is not, as I remind you, it's time to pay the bills. This is time to worship the Lord with our giving. This is time to honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings as he's commanded. He has commanded it. He's made it clear that this is an expectation for believers. If you've brought cash and you need an envelope for tax purposes, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. Otherwise, checks get made out to Living Word Family Church or simply LWFC. So, yes, he's made it clear that this is an expectation. God doesn't consider it optional. But interestingly, he also attaches some very specific promises to the obedience. Uh, you want to make sure that your needs are met, not just met, but met abundantly, and not just abundantly, but the, the Bible says superabundantly. A superfluity of God's material blessings because of our obedience with the tithe. And what are they for? Why, of course, so we can drive the nicest cars and wear the nicest clothes and live in the biggest houses. No, it's so that we can freely give to missions like that, to ministries like this, to the, to the ministers that we support, so that we can live as a reflection of this extravagant generosity that God himself displays to us. We give in faith to receive in faith so that we can give in faith. Amen? So are you ready to give this morning? Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website, at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.